Psalms 30, 11, you have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. Psalms 116, 16, O Lord, surely I am your servant. I am your ser servant, the handmaid. You have loosed my bonds. To be loosed is to be free from bondage, constraints and imprisonment on your mind, your heart, and your soul. Get loose and go. Say it one more time. In order to be loose, you have to be bound. Somebody say, get loose and go. What does it mean to be bound? To be bound means to be in bonds, to knit, tie, or wine. Let's refer to the story of Lazarus. Turn with me to John 11, 33 through 34. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said to the Jews, Behold how, then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could, this, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused even this man should not have died? Jesus, therefore, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was at a cave, and a stone laid upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh. For he, I know, that's funny, he stinketh. That's what I tell my kids when they've been playing outside. Oh, you stinketh much. For he hath been dead for days. Jesus said unto her, um, Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto you that if you would have believed, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where he was dead. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by it, they, that they might believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried out in a loud voice, you all know it, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead, highlight this, and he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound with a napkin. Jesus said unto him, loose, said unto them, loose him and let him go. In another translation, it says, the man who died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. To be bound means something that limits or restraints you. It's where the word boundary comes from. And it also means to confine. The enemy has come to limit your potential. The enemy puts restraints on your thinking. He puts restraints on your emotions, and he puts your restraints on your very existence. He limits you by creating addictions, getting you bound to something that you can't shake. He limits you by creating self-doubt. How many of you struggle with self-doubt? I have. He limits you by creating lies, lies about others lies about yourself. He limits you by controlling your emotions with anger, with depression, with sadness. You think emotions are not tied to a spirit, they are. 
And the devil knows how to get a good grip and bound your emotions. When you're anger, you're losing control, you're yelling, you're shouting, you're screaming at your husband or your wife or your kids or your co-workers. You don't think the devil is all up all in that? Imagine a life where you didn't have to shout and yell and scream to try to make your point. Doesn't it seem a little freer? Being bound by something like that limits even your way of living, okay? Today, we're going to get loose. And we're no longer going to be bound, all right? He that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound by a napkin. Get loose from your grave clothes. Somebody say, get loose from your grave clothes. Isaiah 52, 1 through 2, it says, Awake, awake, Zion. Clothe, clothe yourself with what? Strength. Put on your garments of splendor. Grave clothes stink. Martha said, Lord, by this time he stinks. He's been dead for days. How many of you have felt like you're just dead and you've been dead for a while? Grave clothes stink. People smell that coming. Take your grave clothes off. The things that bind you create an aroma around you that people don't want to be around. Have you ever been around a person whose attitude is just foul all the time? Your attitude stinks. Her attitude stinks. Get your grave clothes off. When you allow God to loose you and take off the grave clothes, your attitude will start changing. Have you ever just avoided somebody completely when you see them coming because you know their attitude is going to be foul? You know their attitude stinks. You're like, oh, nope. Nobody wants to smell that. You know what your problem is? You've got your grave clothes on. God commands us to take off our grave clothes and clothe yourself with strength and clothe, your, clothe yourself with splendor. What does splendor mean? It means brilliance. It means shining bright. You don't want people to smell you coming. You want people to see you coming. You want to be shining so bright. You're, like my daddy says, you got to smile like you're eating a banana sideways and you just shining and people say, oh, look who's coming. And they go toward you. You don't want people saying, oh, no, ma'am, I'm not going anywhere near that. Take off your grave clothes. Somebody say, get loose and take off your grave clothes. There's nothing worse than being around a foul, stinky person. There's nothing worse than a bad attitude. It's true. The devil is in a bad attitude. He is. Get loose. Nothing binds you up more than unforgiveness. Unforgiveness can cause someone's countenance to stink. You walking around thinking you're a Christian, coming to church, but you're still holding grudges. Walking in church, hallelujah. 
Mm, I'm not sitting by Sister So-and-so because she did me wrong last Sunday. You ain't loose. You've got your grave clothes on. You stink. All that unforgiveness. Matthew 18, 21 through 22, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to 77 times? And Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 70 times seven. 70 times seven. You're telling me that person that did me wrong over and over again, I got to keep on forgiving him? Have you ever thought about avoiding a person that keeps doing you wrong? Then you wouldn't have to worry about forgiving them all the time because they won't have access to you. Do yourself a favor. Free yourself from people that hurt you. Drop your unforgiveness and all your grave clothes. Get loose. Put on a garment of strength because you're too strong to get offended by everybody. When you're clothed in strength, you're not a weak person that can get offended by just anything. It's one thing to be sensitive. I'm a sensitive person. I'll cry. I'll cry. You tell me something right now, I'm going to cry. You tell me there's a, a kitten, a little kitten, a little dog outside that needs a home, I'm going to cry. I'm sensitive. My dad is sensitive. Y'all know it. He'll come up here and he'll just cry. I'm the same way. There's one thing to be sensitive. There's another thing to be weak. I'm not weak. You may think because I'm sensitive I'm weak, but I'm not weak. I have a garment of strength and splendor on me. John 20, 23 says, if you forgive someone's sin, they're gone for good. If you don't forgive sins, what are you going to do with them? So if you're not forgiving, if you're not forgiving people, you're not forgiving, what are you going to do with it? Just hold them? Imagine how heavy that is. Walking around, holding all this unforgiveness, other people's sins, when you can just go like this. It's that easy. What are you going to do with unforgiveness? Walking around with unforgiveness is heavy. Loose yourself. Somebody say, get loose and go. When getting loose, you have to take the chains off. Isaiah 52, once again, verse 2, shake off your dust. Rise up, sit in throne, throne, Jerusalem. Free yourself from the chains on your neck, daughter of Zion. Free yourself. You can't leave it up to somebody else to get free. You got to do your part. Free yourself. Stop being a victim. Chains are heavy. Your past can weigh you down. Unforgiveness weighs you down. The enemy has a way of keeping you bound to rem- and reminding you of your faults. Like a noose around your neck. Just gets tighter and tighter. And it gets heavier and heavier. Dragging guilt gets tiring. Loose yourself. Let your imperfections, your flaws, and all your shortcomings, let them go. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Then Jesus said, 
come to me, all of you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me, Jesus is saying this, let me teach you. Learn from the master. Become, because I am humble and, and gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. The enemy wants to bound you with heaviness. Jesus wants to give you rest. I can't even explain the peace that you find in Jesus. There's nothing like it. Anxiety will literally disappear. Your current situations will all of a sudden feel real light when you give it to Jesus. He wants to teach you. Learn from the master. Open your Bible. He wants to restore you. Only Jesus can set you free. There are no chains following Jesus. No chains. You feel heavy. You feel burdened today. You need to give it to Jesus. Somebody say, get loose and go. This is my favorite part of the sermon. When God sets you loose, don't look back. Isaiah 52, verse 11 through 12. Out of here, out of here. Leave this place. Don't look back. Don't contaminate yourselves with plunder. There's a difference of remembering where God brought you from and looking back to see what you're missing out on. It's okay to close your eyes and remember the times. Oh, when I was bound. And I wasn't seeing the light. And I thought, thought everything was wrong in the world. That's okay because that's in the moments that you give God thanks for bringing you this far. I love doing that. I love looking back and seeing myself back then and seeing myself right now and just shouting, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But it's different than looking back and wondering what you're missing out on. Lot's wife, Genesis 19, flee for your lives, the angels told him, and don't look back. Escape to the mountains. Don't stay down here on the plain or you will die. The sun was rising as Lot reached the village, and the Lord rained down fire and flaming tar from heaven upon Sodom and Gomorrah and utterly destroyed them, along with other cities and villages of the plain, eliminating all life people, plants, and animals alike. But Lot's wife looked back as she was following along behind him and became a pillar of salt. When God commands you to leave the mess you're in, he doesn't need you to hesitate. He doesn't need you to question him. And he doesn't want you to look back. Many times in the Bible, a pillar represents a monument. Lot's wife turned into a pillar of salt. She became a monument of sin. She became an object of remembrance for others to remind them of what God means when he says go. 
Don't let sin create a monument of something you refuse to let go of. A pillar is a permanent fixture. It's stuck. It's easy to get stuck in FOMO. How many knows what FOMO means? Anybody? The fear of missing out. I was talking to a young lady last week. She's going through some personal things. And she said, you know, and I, I talked to the people that I used to hang with and I, that used to be in my life, and they, they tell me, you know, you should just do this and do that. Totally contradictory to what the word of God says. It's the people in her past life telling her, you should just give up on him. You should just da-da-da-da-da-da. And, and I just saw her, and I thought, Stop looking back. Don't give those people a time. Why are you even letting the people from your past talk to you at all? That is looking back. When you've come out of a stage in your life where you were sinning and acting up and acting a fool and felt like you were just, you know, living your best life in sin, and God says it's time to come out of there, it's not time to say, okay, but that was so fun. You're going to get stuck like a pillar, just like Lot's wife. The last thing you want to do is be stuck. You don't want to be a reminder for other people to look at. Like, dang, she never really left her past. Look at her. I'm glad we're moving forward. Don't be that person. Don't be a reminder to other people. Somebody say, get loose and go. Getting loose requires purification. God wants you to be clean. Isaiah 52, 11 through 12, it says, get out of here, out of here, leave this place. Don't look back. Don't contaminate yourselves with plunder. Just leave, but leave clean. Purify yourself in the process of worship, carrying the holy vessel of God. Don't try to leave a place while you're still carrying dirt. Don't carry your mess with you. You can leave a place but still carry the contamination of it. Don't dirty someone else with your issues. Ladies, can I talk to you for a second? Married ladies, can I talk to you for a second? The worst thing you can do is talk about your marital problems and about your husband. Even if God is healing you, you don't need to just be sharing all of the dirt about your husband to different people. Because what that does is it could cause doubt of that other person that you're talking to looking at your husband like, mm, he ain't no good. I know they're healing, but he ain't no good. Or if you're talking to another wife, that wife could start doubting her husband. 
what are you doing? What are you up to? Same thing with relationships with any of us. Your dirt that you have that you were offended with or you're carrying, you bring that to somebody else, they're going to get dirty too. When God wants you to leave and be healed, you got to get clean. Don't bring your dirt up in somebody else's life. Psalms 51.10, create in me, O God, a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Be careful what you say in your conversations. Clean your conversations. Clean your heart. Matthew 12, 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Is your heart clean? Sometimes we think we're clean until our mouth starts going. Well, well, I'm a leader in a church. My heart must be clean. Yeah, but your mouth says otherwise. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Negative, 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 negative. Every time I talk to you, it's negative. Every time I talk to you, it's negative. You're telling me your heart is clean? Out of the abundance of your heart. What does your heart have a lot of? Abundance means a lot of something. So if your heart has a lot of joy, if your heart has a lot of forgiveness and a lot of love and has a, you know, a love for people, then why is your mouth contradictory to what, your, to what you say is in your heart? If you're always negative, you need to check your heart. Clean yourself. If God is telling you to leave your situation, don't leave it dirty. Leave clean. Psalms 51.6, indeed you are pleased with the truth in the inner person. And you will teach me wisdom in my innermost parts. Purge me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me know joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your countenance from my sins and erase the record of my iniquities. It says purge me with hyssop. Hyssop was used in the Bible in Exodus when God wanted to separate the peop his people of God from the oppressors. So he said, dip the hyssop in the blood and put it around your door. Cleaning yourself, purifying your heart separates you from the enemy. It keeps the enemy from coming over your, your house and entering your door. You get that hyssop and you put it on the doorpost of your heart. And you say, enemy, you can't enter here. Anger, you don't have a place here anymore. Bitterness, you don't have a place here anymore. Unforgiveness, you don't have a place here anymore. Because I'm putting the blood of the lamb with the healing and the purification that I'm going through, God. 
I know it doesn't feel good. I know that I've been broken, God, but I just want to be healed. I want to be clean. Cleanse me, oh God. Cleanse me, oh God. Somebody say, get loose and go. Worship cleanses you. When we come to church and we sing the songs that Jamie leads so beautifully and Caleb and the praise team, you've been through a really rough week. You're struggling and you're weighed down. God gives you the perfect opportunity to be healed. God gives you the perfect opportunity to be cleansed. Worship is not just something that we come in here and do. It's not just, hey, God, I'm here on another Sunday. Hallelujah, we worship you, Jesus. And you're missing the opportunity. I'm carrying all this baggage in here, but it's okay. I worship you, Jesus. No. Sometimes worship requires tears. Sometimes worship means I don't care who's standing next to me. I don't care what my week did to me. I don't care what my past is telling me. I don't care what the enemy is shouting in my mind. God, I give you worship. I worship you, God. I give you worship, Jesus. And then you have praise. Do you know what praise does? Worship cleanses and heals, but praise breaks off chains. You can be worshiping and then you can just start shouting. And people might say, oh, she's crazy. Guess what she's doing? Guess what he's doing? Breaking off chains in their lives. In Acts 16, Paul was singing in prison. They were bound up. They were chained. And they were just singing praises to God. Singing praises to God. I wonder what it sounded like. I wonder if they were having church. I wonder if they sound real um, Pentecostal. I wonder if they sounded Baptist. I don't think it mattered to God. They were just praising him. And guess what? The other prisoners were listening. What are they doing? We're in the worst possible situation we could be in. We're bound up. We're in prison. Ain't that like church people, though? We're all here in the same building. And sister so-and-so thinks she's too good to give God praise. But guess what? What she doesn't know is the more you praise, the more things start shaking. She doesn't know that her life could be changed by your praise. An earthquake happened. Chains started falling off. They were free. The prisoner guards came in and said, what is going on? It was because they were giving God shout of praise. You don't know what your praise can do for someone else. Listen. You want to be loose? Take your grave clothes off. You want to be loose? You need to forgive. Nobody wants you to stink. You want to be loose? 
You need to worship. You need to cleanse yourself. You need to praise. Don't miss the opportunity to come into this church every Sunday, even if it's the only time you do it during the week. You say, oh, man, I'm a filthy sinner during the week. Man, I'm a scoundrel. I'm a scumbag during the week. Guess what? You can come in this church and get convicted. You can say, God, cleanse me. And guess what? He'll do it. If God says for us to forgive 70 times 7, don't you do it? Don't you think he'll do it even more for us? Does that give you an excuse to live a scoundrel kind of life? Nope. But does that give us the grace? Yes. Jesus ain't lying when he says his grace and his mercy are new every single morning. So you're telling me that every single morning you have the opportunity. If he's giving grace and he's giving mercy to you when you wake up, don't you think that deserves some praise? Don't you think that deserves worship? Don't you think that deserves you to get back and cleanse yourself? God is waiting on you to get loose today. You guys stand with me. I don't care if I preach today just to talk to one single person. I don't care if you say this message wasn't for me because I'm, I'm loose, I'm free. Good for you. Because there are days where I feel like I'm doing great and man, the devil will get me. I'll feel heavy. I'll feel full of anxiety. The other day I text my brother. He asked, hey sis, you want to come over? And I said, nope, not today. I'm dealing with some anxiety. He said, what can I help you with? I'm sorry. And I said, nothing. Because I knew I had to deal with it for myself. I had to lose myself. So what did I do? I turned on some worship music. And I said, God, I know it feels like I can't breathe right now. I don't know why I'm feeling this way. I went through a list. You know, you do what a counselor tells you to do. <laughs> Pinpoint the reasons you might be feeling this way. Sometimes the devil's tricky. He doesn't give you a reason for feeling that way. He just wants you to feel that way. But guess what? God is strong. And he's so strong when he's in your worship. And he's so strong when he's in your praise. I started thinking about all the blessings in my life. I didn't start thinking about what could be causing me this anxiety. No, I decided to go the opposite direction and start thinking about all the good things in my life. How God has blessed me. How God has brought me so far. If you only knew how God has brought me so far. This little preacher's daughter, growing up in church, being judged by so many people all of the time, 
struggling with my insecurities and my self-doubt. The devil telling me I would never be anything. I could never compete with the world in the church and ministry. I just wasn't cut out for it. And all these self-doubts that I have been through in my life, suicidal thoughts, depression. That was me. Didn't matter how much church I went to. I grew up in church. I slept on the pews. I was asleep under the chairs. I was at church Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And the devil still found a way. He still found a way to find me. And I started messing up. And if y'all only knew how good God has been, how merciful he's been to me. And the only reason that I'm standing here today where I did not lose my mind is because I decided, God, I'll never stop praising you. Even in the lowest of valleys, I'll never stop worshiping you. No matter what my situation says to me right now, I'm never gonna start praising. I'm never gonna stop worshiping. God has been so good. I'm getting that. I'm dipping it in the blood of the lamb. I'm putting it on the doorpost of my heart and saying, enemy, you can't enter. You have to pass over me. You have to pass over my family. You can have that freedom. You can have that life. It's never too late. It's never too far gone. You're never too far gone for God not to do a miracle. I'm standing here today a miracle and I don't care what anybody else says. I do not care what anybody else says. So many people think they know me. They think they know my life, but they don't know what I've been through. They don't know how far I've come. They didn't see me in the pantry closet of my house with little babies asking if I take too many Motrins or too many Tylenols, could I kill myself? It was real, y'all. I've never been so vulnerable before. Nobody knows my story like I know my story and like he knows my story. And I'm telling you, there's freedom in Jesus. All week, God was just saying, point him to Jesus. When you become in love with Jesus, chains fall off. When you become in love with Jesus, you're loose. Everything that's holding you and you feel so heavy. All of a sudden, you feel so light. You can jump. You can dance. You can shout. 